Welcome back, everybody, to Honey, I'm Home. And today we are going to be talking with a friend of ours that Brittany and I have known for years. But at the same time, I legitimately do not remember getting to know her. Like, it was just like, we were friends, always. I know that I met her at, like, a club in, not like a a dance club, but like a, (laughs) an activities club in college. Organization. (laughs) Yes. But I, I don't remember that. I just know it to be a fact. I remember going to a party at her apartment because guys, this girl like kind of blew my mind when I met her because we were like 18. Um, and this girl owned her own apartment. Like, she bought it. Like, she didn't, like, inherit it. It wasn't given to her. She saved up her money that she earned, like, working in high school and bought an apartment at 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And that absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. But, yeah, I I remember going to a party at this particular apartment, and she just kind of started talking to me and... I legitimately, I didn't know who she was, but she was talking to me like, oh yeah, well, obviously we've been friends forever. (laughs) (laughs) She's magical like that. Right. And I, I, I feel like that's kind of how, like, we all have our own gifts and talents, right? And I feel like that is one of hers. She just somehow magically just like makes people feel very like a part of her life and very like welcome in her life and that's like a really hard talent to define but like that's her biggest strength I think so today we're gonna learn about how she makes money um and she's had a variety of kind of like very interesting jobs she had a lot of really adulty type jobs very young and then um she was in the service industry for a while after that, which is not to say that that's not adulty, but like she was a paralegal at a very young age. And <laughs> then yeah. she, yeah. She like had an apartment, her own car that she bought. She had like stocks in the stock market. She had this like quote unquote adult job. And then that was when she decided she decided to enter into the service industry then. And like, normally it kind of goes opposite. Right. So my I mean, experience. yeah, that's just the, the way that I've seen it generally tend to go. Not that there has to be a certain way and that you can't go, you know, you know, whatever works for you, but she's, she's definitely made her own. She's definitely made her decisions based on what works for her at the time. And I think that that's really encouraging and it's really inspiring to see somebody say like you know maybe this right here isn't for me the way that you know I thought that it was but I'm gonna go over here and do something different now and that's not that's kind of scary to do and so she's just impressive she's impressive and I hope that you all enjoy the heck out of listening to her talk about however the heck it is that she pays her bills now because I don't even know what she does (laughs) I think I know but we'll see yeah. Uh, what's your prediction, Brittany? I, I think she's a lot like a personal assistant, but I don't think that's the title. Okay. Yeah. I, 
I don't know exactly what it is that she does either, but she contacted me after she listened to my episode talking about marketing and was talking about how she does some of those aspects too for her job, but they're her least favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) So I think she kind of does like a hodgepodge of like random things for her job, but I don't know exactly like what that is. (laughs) We shall see. Anyways, everybody enjoy. Enjoy listening to Beamer. Hey. Hello, everybody. We're here. Yeah, everybody, welcome back to Honey, I'm Home. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking with Beamer. Hey. It's that's Beamer. Um, And she is going to be telling us about her cool new-ish job. She's been in it for a minute now, so she'll be able to tell us a good, um, you know, amount about it. And kind of how she got there, because it's a really interesting story. It's a it's a really short story, too. So perfect for a 30-minute podcast. Oh, man. Come on, Drake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, come on, Beamer. You can do better than that. Once hold upon on, a hold time. On, hold on. What are you first? Oh, I'm an executive assistant for a CEO. Okay. All so right. I once was a server in a restaurant, though, which is... A very common job for many, many people. Um, I think almost everyone I know was a server or a bartender or both at one time. Um, I have been a server and a bartender. And I, I sort of got into that after people normally do. I think sometimes in high school and college you get into it. I was graduated from college working in a law firm, being a reasonable adult. And then I found out that uh, my my boyfriend was planning to propose and I realized I didn't like him. I didn't like my job. I didn't like where I was living. I didn't like any of these things. So I ran away to Atlanta, Georgia and started serving as sort of a temporary thing. And then I was like, Oh shit, I like this. That's, (laughs) that's unfortunate because my body hates it. (laughs) Um, And, but I did that for maybe about, four years or so no it would have been longer than that um probably close to six years and then I was going through server life in the pandemic which is awful awful yeah we were out for eight months and then we came back and all of a sudden we were sharing tips and all these things that I had never done before. And I was very, very nervous about what future life as a server was like. But as happens when you're in jobs that you're not like super into, but also you don't hate it, um, you get in kind of a rut. And so even though you'd like to do something else, you don't start applying to other jobs because your bills got paid and you like your coworkers. And here we are, you know, four years into the same restaurant and you're like, Hey, you know, I, I sort of had clout here. Um, <laughs> people, like people know don't me. Don't fix it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and I, y'all, Beamer is incredibly um, personable. And so I would imagine you probably had a lot of repeat customers that would come in and be like, Oh, Hey, you're my server. I want to come and like sit in your section. Definitely the restaurant that I worked for um, had a lot of regulars. 
I'm the type of person who you maybe didn't know your name. You loved the service you had, but it maybe didn't dawn on you to ask for me next time, which is fine. I don't necessarily want regulars because I, I like the difference. We had a couple regulars that I enjoyed. Tom and Kathy specifically. I love them. Um, but <laughs> Tom and Kathy. <laughs> hey, Tom and Kathy, if you ever listen to this. Um, but I like meeting new people. So I didn't really try and cultivate a following per se. Some servers do that. Wasn't really my thing because there's a certain expectation with regulars that you have to do extra, extra treatment. And I already do a lot of treatment. So have an extra would be a lot. Yeah. Well, you're just kind of a magnet in general for people. Like I, I don't really remember the moment we became friends. I just remember being your friend. <laughs> it may or may not have been that time you tackled me. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I also don't remember becoming friends with Beamer. It's just kind of, a thing it just happened I think she just kind of started talking to me like I was and I was like well maybe this happened at some point and I just forgot <laughs> yeah so you you definitely have Perfect. a magnetic way of drawing people in a way of speaking to them and a way of giving special extra treatment to like pretty much everyone you come across yeah that... I'm surprised you didn't just naturally end up with a lot of regulars just like being you Uh, There were definitely people who came in that were like, oh, my gosh, you were my server last time. (laughs) And I was like, oh, was I? Well, I'm glad you came back. (laughs) I'm glad I wasn't terrible. I definitely um, remember you, of course. So after pandemic started, I had a table. It was a mother and a daughter. And I was doing my regular catering (laughs) to you thing. Um, the, The mother wasn't super into seafood. I worked at a seafood restaurant. So like. Good choice, mom. Best place, yeah. But I I was helping her find something on the menu that was seafood-esque because she didn't want to completely not seafood, um, (laughs) but more to her taste. And and I found her something, and I was able to sort of a la carte a item so that she had enough food to be satisfied. And as a picky eater and somebody with dietary restrictions, like that's that is really helpful having a server that is like, oh, here, let me take the time to actually talk to you about what it is that you want and help you like figure out what you want because I know our menu better than you. And oh, I can just I can assume that's probably true for a lot of people. Yeah. And and the restaurant I worked for is known for handling allergies. So we were all kind of trained how exactly to edit things in order to accommodate certain aspects of a dietary issue yeah um and believe it or not even though I worked at a seafood restaurant because we were so well known for allergies we had a lot of people who came in with allergies to shellfish and fish and all these other things that you would logically think you wouldn't come in for but hi we heard that you make things in different pots and make it so that I'm not gonna get sick and I'd like to give you the shot Pre-COVID, we even had in the city um, an annual conference for parents with kids that have severe allergies. Ooh, that was a busy time of year. <laughs> but um, so so I was able to, to help her get what she wanted. And unbeknownst to me, when I left the table, her daughter was like, you should hire her. She's exactly what you're looking for. And then she did. 
And and that's how I became an executive assistant. It's not the normal path to becoming an assistant. Um, there are definitely more people who get their their bachelors in business or something of that nature and sort of start as an administrative assistant or a secretary or something of that nature and transition in that straight line towards being an executive assistant. Um, Hold on, though. You kind of glossed over how you got this job. Like, did when you came back to the table, was she just like, hey, I have an offer you can't refuse? Or like, did she leave her number? Did she leave a card? She she left um, her email and name on the back of a hotel card. Oh. Uh, (laughs) But like, what made me actually look it up, though, was she tipped like 50 on 100. And I was like, all right. I mean, that's a good tip. I'll I'll see whether I can Google you. And when I Googled her, <laughs> she's just a role model of a woman. And I was like, can I be her when I grow up? <laughs> um, so, and- I, that's a very, like, different career move. You know, you went from being one thing that was incredibly different. And even the things that you did prior to becoming a server and working in the service industry was very different. Were you nervous about making such a change? I mean, change is always scary. So, of course. Of course I was nervous. But because I build such good relationships and the jobs that I have, I I was raised with a very strong work ethic and the idea that you never want to burn bridges, even if you hate your job. Even if it's, it's the worst thing ever you're you're mentally abused, everything else. At the end of the day, they're on your resume. And to just burn a bridge when you leave is dumb because that's sort of saying that your time was worthless and it wasn't. Your time is always worth things. And so when you leave a job, you should do it on good terms, at least in their perspective, even if you were dying on the inside. Yeah, so secretly dying. From a future employer wanting to know how you were as an employee, you want to have left a good impression so that they say good things about you. So I, I always work to cultivate that, that my managers love me. And um, so I knew that in a heartbeat, my manager would take at the restaurant. So that made it a little less scary. I was still terrifying. I was still worried about disappointing my new boss and not being able to do this thing. And there's always the looming idea of maybe I'm not smart enough, good enough, et cetera, in order to do this new thing. Imposter syndrome. That's such a thing that we haven't really covered much on our podcast yet, but it's something that everybody feels with. Right there. (laughs) That's like a whole channel in and of itself. So this feeling that you had of not maybe being enough or feeling like you could be enough did you have this before you kind of got the full job description or oh I've had this my whole life (laughs) I've always (laughs) wondered whether I I was very privileged to go to a lot of schools that everyone assumed you had the potential to do anything but I was also always a scholarship kid and when you go to these fancy schmancy schools on scholarship there's this mentality of am I really supposed to be here because mm-hmm. because you don't have the same background as everyone you you grew up with much different 
morals, ideals, etc. And so when you're put into this thing, you're like, yeah, I, I guess I'm supposed to be here because I got the scholarship. But like, did they make a mistake? Like they just sort of took a chance on me. But did they make the right choice? Um, and, and it's not a, a super healthy, like welcoming mindset to be in. But but here we are. Yeah. I'm going to therapy. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love, love a therapy queen. Yeah, for sure. Everyone should go to therapy. It's good for everyone. So, okay, when you found out what all your job encompassed, kind of tell me what your first thoughts were. Tell me what all that encompassed. So an executive assistant is different from just a personal assistant. A personal assistant basically is the person who does your dry cleaning, who who makes sure you have lunch, who, um, you know, makes sure your doctor's appointments, blah, 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 are all ready. I do that. But I'm an executive assistant, which means I'm also doing a lot of work that my boss maybe didn't necessarily start or um, something about. Because I'm, I'm like an extra cog in the machine of companies that they can look to me as a resource to help them in projects because I have a broad knowledge of a bunch of different areas because I'm in the hierarchy, even though I'm not their supervisor, I'm above where they are on the hierarchy. And so I have a little (laughs) bit of knowledge and, and resources that other people don't. And so you end up doing a lot of research projects you end up doing a lot of networking you end up doing a lot of um just things you didn't think you would be doing there are many times that I'm like is this though and I'm about to be six months in to this new position so I don't know when it stops being new but it's certainly (laughs) never new still because I never know what I'm going to be doing um, and some days I hear from my boss and sometimes I don't hear. And sometimes <laughs> it's like five minutes and sometimes we have like a two hour conference call. Like it, it just depends. Um, and so I still don't exactly know what my job description is, but I do know that in the six months I have done HR work, I've done marketing work, I've done sales work. Um, I, I've, you know, dealt with attorneys I've um you know done on a lot of different topics everywhere from expense tools to looking at using a new expense tool for a certain company to right now I am doing one on teacher shortages around the world to try and um see where needs are as a possibility for one of the companies to move forward. Not even a sure thing, just like a maybe. Let's have background. How many companies are you the executive assistant to? Unclear, but they, <laughs> there, is, there is at least five that I know of. Oh my goodness. Yeah, at least five that I know of, but every once in a while something else pops up that I'm like, oh. Um, <laughs> my My boss is not super great at remembering passwords and usernames uh (laughs) it's not her skill set 
And so a lot of my, I, I came into the position when it had been vacant. Um, and so there was a disconnect that I did not have someone that was directly training me that was leaving the position that I was coming into, which is always hard. Right. Um, but I was doing a lot of what's this password. And every once in a while I would log in, get a login, pretend to be her, get a login and it would be a whole different email address <laughs> or company. And I'd be like, what is this? And, oh, yeah, that was a project I was working on. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you, that sounds super frustrating for me, but do you kind of thrive on picking up the pieces and make them all work together? It's something that I've always done. Um, so it's one of those things, like if you're, when you're in a uh, high school and people are like, oh, what's your favorite subject? And your favorite subject isn't necessarily one that you're good at. First, the one that you're best at might not be your favorite. The, picking up pieces and putting them together has always been a strong suit of mine. Um, we, we all met in college. And we were part of an organization that brought events to campus. And I was super good at running an event. Mm -hmm. Is it my favorite thing to do? No. It's high anxiety. <laughs> and and people are never doing what they're supposed to. And I, we, we had big name people coming in that needed security and needed all of these things to be just so. And we were just flying by the seat of our pants. <laughs> Yeah. But I was good at it. <laughs> Did it for four years. Like, I feel like you're right. That's in general, like something that you're also really good at is just kind of taking things in stride. Like you're not somebody who has to have things done a very specific way. You kind of just like adapt really well to your surroundings. You're like, well, I live here now. So here we go. Yeah. I've never seen you like super bummed out about anything like plans changing, whatever. You save the breakdown for the end of the day. <laughs> no, uh, I I had a very unique upbringing. Led me to be in many places and many situations that were new and different. Um, and you you learn, uh, you see it a lot with like army brats. I wasn't an army brat, but it's a similar thing that you you learn how to make friends quickly. You learn how to accept cultures for what they are and, and be okay with the fact that it's not necessarily your culture because when in Rome, you know, you, you gotta do, cause if you don't adapt, you die. Like <laughs> you, you, you have to, you can't just hope that things will be perfect because they never are. Right. You're so right on that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ooh, okay, so your job has a lot of adaptability, a lot of, a lot of um, putting puzzle pieces together. What would you say are like the biggest requirements if this were to have been like a job posting that you applied to, which, you know, you didn't, but if <laughs> I never was, would have either, I would have looked at that and I would have been like, absolutely not. I'm not qualified for that. What do you think the qualifications would have been on paper? Well, so the things that I've listed to you that I was doing that I didn't necessarily know that I was doing, like HR, marketing, sales, I have next to no experience in those things. Like I've, I've done bits and pieces there, um, but I'm not 
qualified qualified to do it once upon a time for six years <laughs> i worked in a dry cleaners which it was in the south with no ac <laughs> i made choices here we are but yeah it's a long time but i made some good friends um in that job i also ended up doing things i wasn't qualified to do because that's my whole life um and one of them was the accountant for the dry cleaners i was a teenager you know who shouldn't have been doing the accounting was a not accountant teenager i've yeah. seen that in more places that's than you would think choice yeah the grocery store i briefly worked at had one of my classmates one of my high school classmates doing the bookkeeping oh yeah and it's that mentality that some bosses have of you're smart you'll figure it out <laughs> and i did but if someone said to me oh i have an accounting position would you like to apply no <laughs> no i don't want to apply to an accounting position let's look at my degree it was a political science major with a focus in american politics and an interest area of law and then i minored in english because my advisor said i had to because i took all the shakespeare classes <laughs> but i there's no math there like I, I wouldn't be able to do that but when i have done some accounting stuff with my new position i know how to do it because i've done it like i i know how to do invoices i know how to um pay invoices i i know how to keep a budget i i know all of these things just from life experience and unfortunately on paper in job descriptions your life experience doesn't always like look right on paper yeah 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 absolutely Absolutely. okay so it's like the idea of transferable skills you have to be able to figure out how to actually articulate a skill where it's like oh well, we need you know four years of this and it's like okay well I might not be able to tell you that I've done this for four years as a professional but you know I do have some other experience like over here doing something um maybe you did it like in the club that you were talking about earlier and it's it's hard to try and get that into and to really like present yourself in a way where it's like here is my like full complete package in the form of like a one-page resume and you work in marketing caroline and we recently had a conversation about um your your job and you were like yeah they want a four-year degree but it's not necessarily something you have to have if you have experience you can maybe overlook that most jobs are like that. Most jobs have things on the job description that they say you have to have. But do you have to have it? Mine is not like that at all. <laughs> I think a lot of those positions are written by, or not made necessarily written by, but have a lot to do with like the HR interpretation of what that job is. So like they have like a basic understanding of like the functions of this job. But like HR knows HR. It doesn't necessarily know accounting. It doesn't necessarily know finance. You know? And, and you're trying for the ideal. You're, right, you're trying exactly. to get the perfect candidate, which you may or may not do. Not that they're not out there, but maybe they're not looking at the particular place you did a job posting. Maybe they or, currently have a job. Up. Yeah. 
you, you want all of this stuff and it's like but we will pay you nothing for it one one of the com- companies that i help out with does um work abroad study abroad things and so when we have job positions come up sure you know a degree is nice sure you know having managerial experience is a good thing for a regional manager in our company but we value more because we work internationally what kind of experience do you have with other cultures are you going to be able to be someone people can talk to even if you don't relate to them specifically are you adaptable are you flexible and how do you put that on paper how do you say oh needs to be flexible that doesn't make sense in a job description so you put these other things like a degree that you know if you were able to go through college maybe you have a little bit of flexibility because you had to manage your own schedule and and be an adult for many people the first time in their life <laughs> for some not even that <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean and i think that that is a huge a huge like point that you just made there especially when it comes to a liberal arts degree a lot of people don't put a ton of stock into a liberal arts degree because it's not in the stem field and you don't graduate with like you know an english degree like i did uh you said you had poli-sci and it's it's one of those things where it's like translate immediately into something it's not like you graduate with like an engineering degree and something that um the liberal arts degrees do is that they do kind of do a good job of giving you a lot of just like random stuff that you have to like juggle and so you you kind of by getting that you kind of prove like okay well I can handle a bunch of like random stuff that doesn't appear to you know go together and you know here I am I really wish more jobs would focus on the value of having a liberal arts degree because, yeah, it sounds like, okay, poli-sci, you're going to, what, be a politician, but all the skills that you gain from that, all the other requirements that we went through in psychology, too, I would say, I mean, in every job we've talked about so far on the podcast, psychology has been a major part, but yet none of that was discussed in my four years in that program. I didn't switch majors. I was a psychology major the entire time, and we never talked about all of these options and even yeah, I mean, job searching like nothing asked for you know a, a degree that involves people skills except for kind of maybe the one I'm currently in yeah I mean like understanding how to work with people is pretty key in just about every career path and if you're not somebody who works well with people there are still other jobs out there for you but most have to do with collaboration and have to do with you know, customer service and customer management. And psychology is a huge part of that. Definitely. Who who would have thought studying people could translate to working with people? And what I random Oh, go ahead. Uh, one random note here. Um, as an English major, something that I never really thought about because, you know, everybody was like, oh, you're studying English. Are you going to be a teacher? And the answer was always no, I don't have any interest in that. But <laughs> I get complimented on my email writing skills more often than anything else I have ever like really randomly been complimented on. Like people are like, oh yeah, that's a good email. Like, <laughs> uh, okay, I'm glad that this is kind of like a low bar, but I'm like constantly hitting it. 
I have come across so many people in my field who have four-year degrees. I know they have four-year degrees. I know they had to have at least passed out of English 101 and 102 who just have such poor English skills. And it drives me crazy because I can't figure out what they're saying. I, I can't figure out what they're saying. And I feel like it reflects poorly on them that they don't look as professional as I know they are having interacted with them. Or like if you're just trying to get, especially if it's an email, like you're trying to send a quick message to someone because you need something from them. You need to be able to articulate what that is. And if you're able to do that effectively, then it's not a ton of back and forth. You're able to just say, I need this. This is how I need it. And they're like, cool, here it is in the way that you need it. And then you're good. And we'll just move forward. In a similar strain as a poli-sci major, a lot of what we did was handling situations that you know people are on opposing sides and so I get a lot of compliments about the way that I handle quote-unquote problematic co-workers and and they're like are you friends with them like how did you get them to do this thing that we've been trying to get them to do for months and all of a sudden you talk to them once and they're doing it and I was like it's just about compromise it's just about letting them do say their stint like whatever and then you redirecting them back to the objective because if you work together you have similar objectives and they can have all the feelings they want but that doesn't change the fact that they have a job and you have a job and it has to be done all this time I thought that was just beamer being beamer I never knew that had anything to do with what you studied I, I, I didn't mean, either. I thought it was just a natural. <laughs> I like, to be fair though, I picked poli sci because I was like, "What can I do?" Because I don't know <laughs> what I want to do. Ah, uh, um, yeah, that's uh, that's true. Like, you know, not everybody knows what they want to do when they grow up. And I was always told an English major was just destined to live in a box. <laughs> so, well, you know what? I do live in a box, but it is a box that I own with three beds. Really? Ooh, so there you go. Box. <laughs> Best Thanks. box ever. Now I'm seems a like a good time to pause for potential future commercial break. Insert your um, ad here. Please sponsor. <laughs> we'll be right back. Okay, so we're going to kind of start shifting gears a little bit. We've talked a, a lot about like how Beamer got to where she is and kind of what the qualifications look like. And now I'd like to hear a little bit more about the job itself, like some of the stuff that you do on a day-to-day basis. Um, And, you know, you work remotely and your boss lives in a completely different part of the country and what that has kind of looked like for you. So there is a tier to CEOs that is much narrower that they're the big time CEOs. They're the ones who get invited to retreats in Hawaii to do team building by by people the ones that are super good in their field and I am blessed to work on that so my my boss yes she lives in a different state but she's also not always in said state because she travels for her work um and and so I have luckily gotten into a position that I can do remotely because pandemic. So lovely to not have to uh, be in an office with people. 
Um, or move. Or move. Or any of those things. And I also get to travel, which is nice. Um, I'm going to a conference at the end of November, um, which is a new experience for me that I'm very excited about, that I'm going to meet some coworkers for, for the first time. Ooh, in person. <laughs> in person. I've, I've talked to them many times. Um, this particular one, uh, I call them the science boys because <laughs> they work at a, a research facility that works on CBD stuff. Um, Interesting. And, and so I've worked lots with them because you know what scientists aren't good at anything um, but science. Like, <laughs> and, and so I, I've had to grow in my own abilities for example, I run their Instagram and I, before this job, did not have my own Instagram. So it's, <laughs> it's been a transition. I, I'm a terrible millennial. <laughs> um, whenever things come up like Snapchat or anything, I was like, oh, those kids and their wild <laughs> stuff. And, and my, my eldest niece is about to turn uh, 17. And so she's up on all of those things. And I'll talk to her and she'd be like, oh, well, you know, if you're doing Instagram, you could just integrate it to your TikTok and be able to uh, do things on both platforms and it'd be blah, blah, blah. And she'll go on this little thing and I'll be like, okay, we we don't have a, t- I don't think TikTok is for us. And she's like, oh, well, there's plenty of businesses of that ilk that are in TikTok. <laughs> and, and she just knows everything because what 17 year old doesn't. And, right. and so that there's been a a lot of that um of my day to day is learning new things filling in those gaps um i've done a lot of webinars i don't know if you know this but the the small business association that's run by your state often has free resources available to you not that my dad works for the small business development say. center <laughs> but my dad works for the small business development center of the state he works for and so I, I knew that there were resources out there um, to help you if you're a small business, to help you if you feel like there's things like social media that you've never used as a marketing weapon. And now all of a sudden you need to. Um, That's interesting. I didn't know that the Small Business Association did that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my my dad he he helps people make contracts with the state to get grants um for their small business and oh, and so it's cool. it's a it's a whole world out there that people don't know about that people yeah. don't realize are available to them and i i happen to live in a big city which when you live in a city like new york chicago etc you're going to end up with um more resources available to you just urban versus rural right um so if you live in if you live in like uh, i'm sorry if you're from iowa but if you live in iowa (laughs) i don't know anything about iowa and they probably don't have the same resources that i do being in a city that is very influential in the united states market um and and so I there's lots of webinars in my state about how to do ads on Google, how to 
um, use social media, et cetera. Thing of being an executive assistant is being able to manage your time and prioritize what is most important right now. Cause you're going to have tons of plate spinning and you need to know that making sure someone knows a conference call is happening that afternoon is more important than doing a research project for something next month. So just because we deal with a lot of jargon sometimes on this podcast, plate spinning, you're talking about like the person with the sticks and the plate spinning like the at the yes. circus or the yes. fair or something, right? Okay. He never has just one. Yeah. That wouldn't be as impressive. He has like <laughs> three in each hand and then he's balancing one on his foot or on his head. So this and is just a metaphor, to be clear, yeah, yes, yes, this is just Beamer being an English minor. <laughs> you're not somebody who just like actually like you're paid to spin plates, right? Yeah, no, that would that would not be my job. It'd be pretty cool. Okay. I'd break all the plates. <laughs> well, you work from home, so they'd be all yours. That's Beamer, true. what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, when I was very young, I wanted to be my mommy so I wanted to be a librarian um and I loved books so I was like wouldn't that be great and then school always asked you what you want to be and so I came home ready to make a poster board about being wanting to be a librarian for class and my mom said oh no you're not going to be a librarian (laughs) and I I was like why you're a librarian you like it and she's like you don't make enough money as a librarian. You you should not be a librarian. You should be like a lawyer or the president or, or, oh, president. or lofty ambitions. Lofty ambitions. Um, and so my from then then on, my mother's ideal was that I would be a lawyer. And I, I certainly did a lot of things that geared towards that direction just because I was a little like, what do I do? But I also wanted for a while to be an opera singer which is another strange position. Um, And I I do have some talent in singing, but another important thing of being an opera singer is language. And I am terrible at languages. (laughs) But you try. You try real hard. I I try real hard. Right now I'm trying to learn Danish and and Spanish, but uh, life's hard. Life's life's real, real hard. And and, uh, a lot of times, except when I'm talking to my mother, people comment that I I don't have a Southern accent. And a lot of that is a reflection of wanting to be an opera singer because I trained myself to not have a Southern accent to really emphasize certain words and have very clear speech because I was like, that's important. And I was getting those ducks in a row until I realized those ducks needed to sound good in Italian and uh, this girl does not. <laughs> now those ducks are going in a different direction but at least they're in a row. Yeah and and I've always sort of been a little more passive laid back that I don't really know what my priorities are. My therapist and I are talking about it <laughs> but, but I've always sort of catered to what other people felt like I should be doing. And I, I think that's true of a lot of people growing up that the dreams you have are crafted by the influential people in your life who tell you you're talented in this or tell you that this is the next big field or 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 whatever it is organically coming up with what you want to do in life is not something everyone does and it's certainly not something I did and don't 
<laughs> I honestly cannot tell if you are speaking in a way where it's like, oh, yes, this is true of everyone, or if it's just me, because Beamer and I are very similar. Yeah. So we, we, we're the almost twins. <laughs> yes. Real close, but just like slightly off in yeah. every way. Um, I And I, I think that there's probably some truth to that in everyone I but some feel it more than others because there's always going to be those people who have the passion for say art and they know that they in their heart and dreams need to be an artist it's something that must be fueled people who go to seminary have similar things that they're like this is my calling not everyone has a calling and that's okay yeah, yeah, making peace with that is a huge factor in finding fulfillment with your career. And a lot of times, like, your calling might not be career-oriented. True. Yeah, definitely. Figuring out, especially with the American mentality of, like, you are what you do, and just trying to figure out a way to balance that. For sure. Um, We were off off video talking a little bit about what are some of the benefits of my job like working remotely etc um and one of those benefits just jumped up on me uh I am now for the first time in my adult life I have enough time for a dog I've had a dog before but I did not have the time for a dog um and and so it's been nice to really embrace that um responsibility but also joy and you know he's a mess but he's best boy bob if you want to follow him on instagram best (laughs) boy b-o-i dot bob he's a celebrity um but but being able to do those things that fuel my passions but aren't work yeah using your work to be able to create other aspects of your life that make you feel fulfilled would you say you have a great work-life balance? Because like assistants in movies do not. Um, I am fortunate to, for the first time in my life, work for a not micromanager. You know, we're from Miranda Priestly. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, and it's bananas. And so I'm still adjusting because working in restaurants is sort of like working in an abusive relationship that you you have breaks sort of but how much of your break is actually spent on break and how much is just like shoveling food in your mouth so that you're mm-hmm. full on your next shift um and and so there's certainly been a lot of her that I've you know I'll answer her email at like eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night when she sends it to me and she's messaged me and she's been like you're not at work right now. I could send something at three in the morning. You don't have to respond to it at three in the morning. Just put it on your radar for the next time you're working. And, and, uh, you know, I, I so talked to the, the vet and, and I called her and I was, is it okay? Like I, I, I need to take him to the vet because I just got him and the, the rescue place says he needs to go to the vet within 24 hours. Um, and she's like, yeah, no, like you have, you're a person. I'm a person. I, I understand you have things outside of this job and that's okay. Um, which is hard for me. It's, <laughs> it's, it's hard yeah. for me to do that balance. I'm getting better at it, but I still struggle. I still have spent some Saturdays working on 
on things and it's it, it's a, <laughs> and a excuse squeaky. bob he he wants to be <laughs> on video he wants to be in the in the conversation he he does and you know he's got such a strong voice i get it <laughs> um but but uh work life balance is tricky in whatever field you have um and i think it's important to set boundaries and i think it's important to to know what your own needs are um i so i'm getting better at it but it's not my strong suit well something that sounds to me like your current work situation is that you're boss is not just a boss she's kind of being a bit of a mentor also about like here let me help you learn how to set up these boundaries because you don't get where she is by not figuring it out you know she knows how to tell people no she knows how to prioritize her time and she has gotten to the point now where she probably doesn't have the ability to prioritize her time as much as she'd like to yeah but she can help you do it and and what i was saying earlier about there being a different tier of s uh, of CEOs, she there's a company called, uh, well, it's not a company. It's an organization that's national called um, C200, and they have CEOs, specifically female CEOs, around the country that are helping to mentor each other, other people, have a network to be able to help women and so my my boss is part of that and and so I think she always has that mentality of how can I help other people because if they're happier in their life if they're more accomplished in their job they're going to be a better resource to me oh absolutely there's been studies upon studies done that the happier your employees are, the better they are at their jobs, the more likely they are to stick around so you don't have turnover. Like it's a better uh, business model to focus on making sure that your employees are happy and fulfilled than just about anything else because everything else kind of trickles down from there. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's still kind of like backwards from the way that a lot of American companies operate. Sure. And, and I, it's one of those things that our culture has decided we are the ever driven, ever competitive. Um, and it makes it hard to know what you want to do in life. And we, we were, I listened to your podcast. I'm a big fan. First time on long time listener. Um, (laughs) and, and, uh, you have talked before about how growing up, you know, like five jobs. Do you want to be a doctor? Right. Do you want to be a lawyer, etc.? cetera? Um, and a lot of that is because those are those hyper-driven positions that TV and movies and stuff have told us what they are. Right. And you're in such a rush to just pick something, pick something, go do something, get on your path, succeed, do well. You're not even in a rush. You're being rushed. That's yes. what I mean. Yes. A hundred percent. And and so when you're trying to make that decision real quick, because it's never a laid back, take your time, etc. Um, we have niches of business in the United States like tuition insurance that protects people from losing their tuition 
when they have a medical emergency. And and the idea that we live in a, a country that you have to have that insurance because if you, heaven forbid, get cancer or something, your college isn't understanding. Your college isn't just going to give you your money back because you didn't finish your classes. Oh, you no. paid it. That's gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, and- you got to pay regardless of if you finish your degree. Yeah. Or and- if you do finish your degree and you still can't get a job, doesn't matter. Not their yeah. problem. For sure. Um, I I have very different political beliefs from my my parents and they and part of that is that I am ideally socially driven that I want the best for people I I want there to be a baseline of comfort that you get just because you're a human and you deserve it and they are that mindset that it's all economical that it's all, well, that's their problem. That's not They're our not problem. working hard enough. Yeah. Right. The, in order for me to succeed, I can't focus on their problems. Right. I got where I am because I worked to get here. They're not working hard enough. And it's like, um, there are so many other factors that go into that. And, and so there, there are these jobs that you never hear about because they're support. And executive assistant is one of those. It's a support position. It, it's right, you hear about the CEO, but job. you don't hear about the person who's helping her be a good CEO. Yeah. So, okay, with your mom's lofty dreams and not letting you fulfill your own dream because that wouldn't make enough, what's the earning potential with your job? Are you happy with your pay? Is it salary? I, is it hourly? It's salary, which is bananas Woo. to me. I have never been on salary before even when I had quote-unquote grown-up jobs in the past oh Um, yeah that's not something that they teach you that just because it's a grown-up job that it's something that is not hourly Mm -hmm. which which is also kind of messed with my mind when it comes to life work balance because I because it's not hourly anymore I feel like I should be doing more and and yeah that's not necessarily what that means. Instead, it's saying that you have the freedom and the flexibility to manage your own time. Um, and, and so it's, it's difficult as a child when people are telling you to decide your whole life to (laughs) think, Oh, well, I want to be, you know, assistant to a CEO, assistant to a CEO makes great money and and becomes a great commodity that if you're a good assistant people scout you out that you have a job security level that is unheard of because you have a broad range of skills that you would be hard to replace and and yeah love that and and so to a child they don't see that they don't see that you're always going to be needed that you have that security they see well you're not the boss like why would that be your goal and and it's not necessarily my goal but I feel no need to to force something out because I, I still at almost 32 years old tomorrow 
tomorrow 32 years old early birthday birthday. um I still don't know what I want to do with my life and that's okay like you don't have to it's there's no time crunch you either figure it out or you don't like it's okay both ways and you are one of the happier people that I know so even though you might not quote unquote know what you want to do you're happy doing what you're doing yeah and and uh the when we were talking about time flexibility being able to fuel your passions that aren't career oriented there are things that i love to do like write i'm forever working on a novel um (laughs) and it's not something i want to do as a career because i have no interest in book tours or working with an agent that is on my case about making sure I'm meeting deadlines and et cetera, et cetera. But I, I love to write. I love to take these vague ideas in my head and put them on the page in such a way that I make you see what I see. I think that's Aww. so cool. Yeah, no, that it, it really is. And the fact that you are not doing it as part of this kind of machine where, you know, you have to hit all of these specific deadlines. You're able to kind of write whenever you're feeling inspired or when you have something that you want to say, then I think it's going to really reflect on the quality of the writing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess my final question for you, Beamer, before we let you go is, you know, you may have already just answered it, but I just want to like double check what type of like direction do you want your career to go? Like, are you kind of, I mean, I know now you're really happy doing what you're doing, but what kind of options do you have for forward movements? And, you know, just what do you want? So I never know what I want. I'm working on it with my therapist, but. <laughs> um, the, shout out to Beamer's therapist. Shout, shout out. She's great. Um, but. I am unique in my position that my boss really wants you to be more than her assistant. She wants you to succeed in whatever dream you have and she will help you get there. And so there are a few of the companies that have women that were her assistant before that do something different now for one of the companies that have decided what their strength is based on their assistant position and been like, this is the direction I want to go. And she's been like, fly little birdie. And, and they've gone on to do great things. And I've heard about other assistants she's had that no longer work for our companies, but (laughs) are working for, you know, major, major companies that everyone has heard of. Even if Ooh. cough, cough, some of them are changing their names soon because what? Yeah, be- because now they're more than just social media. But <laughs> but uh, some of her assistants work in major positions for companies like that, and she could not be more pleased for them. And that is unfortunately very unusual <laughs> that yeah. you have a boss that really wants you to follow your dreams and and so I don't know my dream yet but like I have the utmost faith that when I figure it out she she's gonna be happy for me which is great (laughs) 
Well, something it sounds like it that I've kind of noticed in my my years and my wisdom is that sometimes it's actually better if you don't know, because whenever you have a set expectation, that's when you get disappointed. It's whenever you're kind of going with the flow and just seeing what feels exciting at the time and whatever your gut is like, Ooh, I like that. Then you're, you have the ability to go for it and you don't feel like you're betraying anything. And I I think that that's, it does like having expectations can limit you, especially if they're not, expectations that are built on something that is you know realistic or authentic to you for sure well thank you for for having me on your podcast I believe I'm your first guest speaker which is exciting or is that a lie it is that might be a lie lucky lucky number three lucky number three but I haven't heard them yet four we're, we're playing well, four is my favorite number. well thank Mine you too. thank you for uh for wanting to hear my my opinion and wanting to hear my job no thank yeah. you for sharing this has been so it's been so great to hear and I am really happy to hear also that you're in such a nourishing environment yes yeah good for this I think uh, yes I think everybody deserves that and if we can do anything with this podcast that can help people find a way to put themselves into that nourishing environment, then I think that this podcast is a success. Or maybe make the nourishing environment for others. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Yeah, we've got a a new a new uh position Brittany's going into and she's gonna be able to go in there and start trailblazing soon. So maybe she can be that person for someone else. Bless. All right. <laughs> well thanks everybody for listening. All right. Bye. Thank you. All right. Well, that was our wonderful interview with Beamer. I feel like I was partially on, but I'm so glad that she delved in and explained her job more to us. Yeah, me too. I, I I thought it was, I I thought it was really cool. Um, My favorite part about her job is one, the type of exposure that she has to so many different avenues and how she has this boss that's like, yes, she is a boss, but she's not just a boss. She's also a mentor who is incredibly encouraging of her executive assistants. And I I'm really curious to see like where Beamer goes after this, because I kind of feel like her boss is going to make it so that, you know, you name it, Beamer can do it. And Beamer has the personality. She has the skill set. She has the smarts. Absolutely. So now that she's got this like really great resource, like I'm, I'm so curious. I can't wait to see what she does. You know what? I'm really surprised Beamer didn't bring up. What? So she told us, cause we stayed with her and she was working during the time that we were staying with her. She told us all about part of the research she was doing for her job and that Australia is not a continent and she didn't bring it up. And she like went off about this (laughs) in person. (laughs) Um, For anyone wondering, Australia is not a continent. Like we've all been learning. Apparently it has not been a continent since the 1950s from what Beamer was telling us. (laughs) What is it? Oceania. 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 I don't know. I'm going to say Oceania. I don't know. Alexa wasn't sure how to pronounce it either. So 
if you teach geography for a living, hit us up at honey with three Y's. I'm home podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Oh. oh man, we need you on this one. <laughs> yeah. Geography has never been my strong suit. <laughs> never even had a geography class over here. So, <laughs> oh, well, anyways, thank you guys for listening. Uh, look forward to entertaining you guys in the future with some more of our, our cool friend stories and, Anybody else who wants to talk to us, again, reach out to us at honeyimhome at uh, podcast at gmail.com. Love you. Bye. Bye.